0: welcome back to the forever young podcast a chinese medicine podcast hosted by chinese medicine practitioners we release episodes every month if you're new here feel free to subscribe or follow us to keep up to date with our episodes i'm tim and i'm joined by charlene
1: Hello. Oh, it's weird to hear you say that you're tim
0: it, it is a little bit weird <laughs> i I've always never...
1: introduce you as tom
0: <laughs> I've also never introduced myself, so I'm kind of having a bit of an identity crisis myself. Um, we're doing things a little bit different today. We're starting a little bit of a new series while we're still trying to digest that the book that we're currently reading at the moment. Mm. Uh, it's good digest. Seg- ah, yes. Digest. What a good segue into <laughs> this two-part series that we're doing at the moment about digestion. What we're looking to cover for this today's episode is everything that's in the upper GI tract. So, more stuff like how digestion works, more like everything that comes out the mouth. So, like burping, acid mm-hmm. reflux, heart palpitations, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And then in the following episode, we're going to talk about everything that comes out
1: the other end. The other end.
0: It's <laughs> yeah. yeah. a nice way of putting it. Mm. So, that being said, how do you feel about this one charlene how do you feel about this series
1: i think this is a really common condition that you see in clinical practice i think recently um both of us have been seeing a lot more of this and there's quite a few different i guess causes of it but i think it's quite common and it's something that you have like control over as well kind of like your diet your lifestyle things like that so there are things that you can do at home as well and it's something that acupuncture is really quite helpful acupuncture and herbal medicine i should say um is quite helpful at treating so yeah i think this is is a great episode yeah
0: i think it's especially for those of you in western cultures or western societies where you have lots of access to fast food or like mm. a very easy to get sort of foods. It This is a very big problem for us in Australia. What I'm saying is that um, like you were saying before, obviously you can treat it yourself and you can do lifestyle stuff, but it's also sometimes hard depending on what you have access to, what you can do, but you know, mm. that's what we're here for. That's what this podcast is for is yeah. hopefully you can learn something and then we can take it off from there.
1: And I think in previous episodes, we have discussed a bit about digestion um, and the like digestive organs as well. I think we touched on it on maybe the introductory series like way back, but I think also that our thoughts and approaches have changed since we've become practitioners. Um, and I think the way that we treat it and see it might be different from when we were students as well. So I think, yeah, it's a good idea to revisit it since it, since it is such a common condition.
0: Yeah, definitely. So let's, let's follow that through. Well, just to mm-hmm. quickly sort of give everyone a brief introduction of how Chinese medicine sort of perceives digestion how we sort of see it so mm. obviously you take food and you eat it with your mouth <laughs> and that's sort of <laughs> is that
1: what you do is that <laughs> how it works
0: yes um and <laughs> going down once once it cut sort of gums down Chinese medicine sees the stomach as sort of a cooking pot so that mm. once the food reaches the pot it gets broken down and the food begins to ripen within the stomach Mm -hmm. After that, what happens is um, the stomach will, the spleen will come and transform and transport all the good stuff, sends it up off to the body, all the Mm -hmm. blood and the chi that's good, all the clear stuff. And then everything that's kind of bad, it doesn't sort of need all the waste. It sort of sends Mm -hmm. it off to the large intestine Mm -hmm. for it to get processed. And then the small intestine will sort of reabsorb whatever you need to keep. can You can reabsorb. Mm -hmm and it will throw away all the other stuff in sort of poo.
1: Yeah. And I think that's the really simplified version of it. Um, I guess the complicated version is that there are different organs involved in maintaining the pot. Like you have to clean it, you have to heat it up, and you have to make sure, you know, everything is uh, proper temperature and everything kind of, gets around as it's supposed to so there are kind of like other organs that support the stomach and the spleen for the digestion Um, like say the liver is responsible for free-flowing all of the chi the energy um, the kidney and spleen young help to warm it up so I think those are a few things we also will discuss a bit later as well but put simply the stomach and spleen, I guess, are the main digestive functions when we're talking about upper, upper GI.
0: Yes, exactly right. Um, and as Charlene was saying, if it's not properly maintained, obviously organs involvement in that sort of stuff will affect how we process mm. the food and it will lead to symptoms like GERD, epigastric pain, mm. or the heartburn, that sort of stuff. So yeah. Um. Should we go a little bit into sort of some conditions in that case then?
1: Yes, we can.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sure. Let's go into, or did you prefer that we talked more about organs and the individual functions of how they affect the digestive systems?
1: I I think we can talk about the organs because I guess like GERD and is quite simple like reflux heartburn and then like pain is pain but i think the the syndrome differentiation how each organs imbalance um presents as these kind of signs and symptoms will be a little bit different if that makes sense
0: yes yeah yeah (laughs) let's go into the 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 stomach i guess first while we're oh yes sorry
1: oh before we do that can we talk about i guess etiology or like things that can um, affect the digestion and cause it to kind of go into disharmony out of balance before we talk about um, how the organs are imbalanced. Yes. Sure. <laughs> yeah,
0: sure. Definitely.
1: Okay. So I think you mentioned one before, which was like diet, lifestyle access to fast and convenient food. Um, I think is a big one as well. A lot of Chinese medicine, Theories principle is from like thousands of years ago where they didn't have all this commercialized food um all these kind of preservatives additives in it um so i think that really causes the digestion to go out of balance as well and also because of the fast-paced lifestyle like stress things like that can also affect the body um and the digestion quite easily also things just like um what we call epfs or external pathogenic factors can affect it as well
0: yeah definitely (laughs) because i think something that we haven't quite mentioned yet as well is like cultural um, and like how your society sort of works so we might Mm. not see it as often here in australia but places that have lots of spices in them so places Mm. like more like Uh, Asian countries like India, uh, Sri Lankan food, they have a lot of spices in them. So I'm treating a patient Mm. at the moment who has a lot of the heat, hot kind of foods like Mm. ginger, cinnamon, fennel, where Mm. um, it's very heaty and they add a lot of chili as well in their food because they like Mm. a lot of spice. And if you look into sort of his problems, he has a lot of heat signs that we're going to go into a little bit more as well. So obviously take into consideration how where you're living and what the current environment Mm. is. So let's say I live somewhere up North where it's very cold and I'm not getting my external environment is affecting my digestion because it's very cold. I'm not getting enough heat or warmth in the body, the stomach and spleen, obviously the pot's not getting enough heat. Hence why I might have some digestive issues there Mm. as well.
1: Yeah. I'm actually glad you touched on that because yeah, the kind of migration, modern lifestyle, like things that are suitable for, say, like Indian cuisine in India is suitable for that climate, that lifestyle, that environment. Whereas if you bring it to like Australia, that maybe is a different kind of um, environment, um, climate, things like that. I think the body kind of needs to adjust a little bit as well. So, yeah, I think that's really important.
0: For sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Any other sort of etiology things that you want to cover over
1: mm-hmm. i think most of the ones we mentioned are the main ones i guess there is like other ones as well genetic and things like that yeah. but i think for the purposes i think those ones are sufficient
0: yeah. yeah like even constitutional that sort of stuff as well mm-hmm. yeah. affect- mm-hmm. yep. how your spleen stomach liver mm-hmm. anything like that will be affected as well in mm-hmm. terms of uh, how susceptible you are in mm-hmm. terms of eating different kinds of food Foods that are harder to digest, how well your stomach and spleen can process, that sort of stuff as well It's also included. All right, let's move on to organs now. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> that I'm very interested in talking about because mm-hmm. this is where it gets into the more Chinese medi uh diagnosis-y kind of part, which is really mm-hmm. fun. So let's start with, maybe let's start with the stomach first. So mm-hmm. in terms of this, this is the pot. And mm-hmm. all of the following organs is how it affects the pot and its ability to sort of digest mm-hmm. and ripen the food. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I guess what I sort of wanted to talk about is that what does it take to maintain this pot in good working conditions?
1: So the pot needs warmth, um, but also kind of dryness as well, but not too dry. And it needs to kind of be like, descending kind of function so like kind of downward movements um needs the temperature to break things down but also needs to be dry otherwise if it's kind of too moist then it kind of creates dampness in the body as well so i guess those are the main things and to keep moving yeah i guess yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> it it sort of needs that regular time regular interval as well as quantity in terms Mm -hmm. of, like, it doesn't want too much food where you're overcrowding the pan or overcrowding the Mm -hmm. pot. It wants regular times that where it consistently knows, hey, look, all right, food time, you know, rather Mm -hmm. than being, like, oh, too much food. There's not enough food. What's happening? Uh, I I need, like, this consistent sort of time schedule in Mm -hmm. terms of Mm -hmm. so I can digest and do my job properly, I guess. is Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if that's not done properly, what you might get is stuff like appetite issues, um, you might get sort of like the burping, bogger, rigamous and all that sort of stuff where you feel like, yeah. oh, my stomach's not feeling too good. Or wow, that meal was too heavy. And then you get that feeling of heaviness when you have too, he- too much food, distending, that mm. sort of stuff is what would happen if things aren't working yeah. as they're meant to.
1: Mm. And I
0: guess now's probably a good time to talk about like heat and cold sort of stuff where as well that mm. you had mentioned before where mm-hmm. it's, it's fairly It's fairly quite simple, I guess, in terms of Chinese medicine diet where um, the easiest way to sum it up is if your stomach is eating too much heat things, you'll get lots of heat signs, uh, heat symptoms, Mm -hmm. and you'll need to eat cooler foods. So when I mean cooler foods, it's not like temperature-wise cool foods. It's more like the nature of the food is considered cooling. Mm -hmm. So it's like peppermint, uh, watermelon, apples, cucumbers is a great Mm -hmm. one. And that's sort of just on the surface level of Mm. just this organ in terms of like heat and cold, this Mm. is kind of what it needs. And if you need sort of more warming things, stuff like ginger, cinnamon, that sort of stuff is what usually. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Those are the most common, probably the most common ones that are great for doing what they're doing. I guess spice as well is obviously hot Mm. in both Mm. like that sort of heaty feeling in your mouth as well as when it gets digested as well.
1: Yeah. So because the stomach's the main organ as well. So I think in my mind, there's, I guess, three major things that can happen when the stomach is, um, like, disor- disordered, dishar- disharmonious, disharmonied.
0: <laughs> it has been affected <laughs> by Words are hard. Yeah. yeah.
1: So the first, like, the first two you mentioned, like, um, it can get too hot, or it can get too cold. And then the third one I want to mention is that things can just stop moving, like it stops that descending function, or it kind of goes up. And it's not like the way I look at it now is like food stagnation is like one major category. Food stagnation can lead to it going up and not going down, or it can just be stuck there. So it can lead to reflux. Um, and if there is heat involved as well, like heartburn, um, or it can lead to bloating if it's just more kind of stuck and not moving. So I guess those are the three main um, things I look out for when I, when someone approaches with digestive issues, I'm like, is it too hot? Is it too cold? Or are things just not moving?
0: Yeah, that's perfect. I really like (laughs) that as well. Let's move on to the spleen. I think that's like the brother from the same mother (laughs) in terms of, What's next when it comes to so sort Because of, it's kind of like, how would you describe the spleen in terms of the pot analogy? It's kind of like, know, the, was... is it kind of like the lid, I guess?
1: Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Maybe there is a lid already, but the spleen is the movement inside the pot. Like yeah. you know how sometimes when the fire because the fire is the spleen young or like kidney young. Yes. And it yeah. comes from the outside. But you know when like you cook things, it creates steam and it creates kind of like like movement in yes. the pot.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like the steam. I don't know. Maybe yeah.
1: you're boiling some maybe the pot is like boiling something and it's the water inside the pot the pot mm. that like bubbles up or maybe it's like the oil the you know food. how you
0: yeah you always need to cook something you always put like an induction like butter oil that sort of stuff maybe yeah
1: that's... some sort of lubricant
0: <laughs> yes yeah, some sort of lubricant for the for the, the stomach yeah yeah I'm with so it. you don't
1: scratch your non-stick pan
0: yeah and uh, it's, <laughs> exactly right and if you add lots of bad oils or like not healthy ones you're gonna get bad mm-hmm. stomach i'm with it that's you heard true. it here first mm-hmm. okay uh i guess the the easiest way to sort of look at the spleen is when Mm. you suffer from things that have a lot of dampness sort of symptoms. So stuff Mm. like uh, bloating, uh, soft stools, diarrhea, undigested Mm. food, uh, fatigue, or like poor appetite. So when it comes to sort of the spleen's function of transforming and transporting the food, if that's not working properly, you look at the spleen sort of first and Mm. foremost Mm. when it comes to that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah. So a bit less um, I want to say mechanical symptoms, but I don't think mechanical is the word. Like the spleen symptoms are kind of more away from the tummy, if that makes sense. Like the stomach ones are quite like right in the tummy. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Whereas spleen is a bit more overall, like the fatigue, the loose bowels, which you wouldn't directly like attribute to this like abdomen area.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's sort of like the... I guess the Amazon or like the the FedEx of it's like hey why is nothing being why is nothing going moved, yes yeah moving where it's meant to be is it I have moving? Amazon
1: Prime but nothing's getting getting delivered yeah exactly
0: what's <laughs> happening and then you go to sort of Oz Post and you're like where's my damn delivery like, sorry bro everyone's tired you can't get it anytime soon yeah. it's at least seven to fourteen business days <laughs> for this kind of delivery so yeah
1: that's that's a good way to put it
0: yeah <laughs> it's, uh, I think. Just a quick mention, I guess, foods that can help with the spleen particularly. I guess ginger is mm. still one of the best ones when it comes to moving. Um, normally they say sweet foods is quite good for nourishing mm. the spleen. So stuff like uh, a little bit of honey or some rice or some carrots or something mm. can help with, I guess, the spleen. But if you have too much of it as well, it mm. will damage the spleen so you kind of have to find that little bit of balance and harmony between the two
1: everything in moderation so i can't remember if we mentioned this already but spleen when it's imbalanced tends towards cold and like damp type of um presentation whereas like stomach it's quite um easy for it to be hot and like warm but um, spleen when it's kind of out of balance it tends towards the cold because it is kind of the cooling or like the moist factor that helps the digestion so when it's out of balance then that moistness that dampness tends to accumulate so yeah it tends towards more cold signs and symptoms yes
0: exactly right it's kind of like if the spleen's not working well the factory shuts down your coldness and dampness will sort of just build up naturally, right? Yeah. Uh, cool. Too easy. Let's let's talk about the liver, and then we can talk about the relationships between them as mm-hmm. well. After that,
1: yeah. So the liver is a bit more, I guess, not directly involved in the digestion of food. It's more to do with like free flowing all of the energy, making sure all the chi, the blood is moving um, where it needs to and that the channel's kind of helping unblocked, keeping unblocked. So, yeah, it's not directly involved in digestion, although I guess the liver pair organ, gallbladder does help with digesting fats and things like that. Um, but, yeah, it's a really important organ, even though it's not directly involved.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like an enzyme where it's there to sort of be like, hey, you guys doing what you're doing?
1: All right, keep <laughs> yeah. going, keep
0: going. And it's, it sort <laughs> it's of pushes. The head chef. It is the head chef. Yes, it is. Like where they're they're making sure everything's running smoothly and on time. Mm. And if things aren't running if you have a bad head chef, then you know nothing gets pushed through and then yeah. everything's just sort of stuck. Mm. And you're like, what do we do, head chef? I don't know. And the head chef's on the mm. bed, you know. What, what do you want from me? <laughs>
1: doesn't perform well under pressure.
0: Exactly. Oh, under, that's stress. under stress. Yes, that's very good. Mm. Very good. Uh, so yeah. So someone who's obviously more uptight or has a very high stress lifestyle or environment mm-hmm. will tend to f- find that their liver is the one that's affecting their digestive system because mm-hmm. the liver will overact on the spleen causing the spleen to be like ah I can't too much pressure nothing's moving and then the spleen yeah. will affect the stomach and then nothing gets done at the end.
1: Of yeah time. and I find that a lot of digestive cases that I see is that like liver spleen disharmony or like liver spleen overacting I think it's really common nowadays especially now with coronavirus as well I think that's made it yeah like 10 times more
0: common yes definitely like every time I sort of do a little bit of digging when I'm talking to patients about like, mm. oh, like how's everything with digestion? they're like, normally, oh, high stress. I have so much going on. I have kids. I have my career. Mm. I have this. I have to cook. I have to do all this stuff. It's like, okay, like how's your digestion, everything? They're like, it's oh. now that you mentioned it, there's all this stuff coming out. And yeah. then it's like, oh, mm. yes. that You can see that they're very liver. They're a livery kind of person where mm. everything's sort of stagnant and nothing's moving. And mm. you can see that, in their emotional side as well when it comes to asking questions so you can see that they're more irritable more frustrated all the time they're very impatient they have to i have to be here but i also have to be here so if i split myself into 200 million places then maybe i can get half the thing done so
1: yeah no it's sad that that's the expectation nowadays
0: it is and it's kind of our cultural society's fault for pushing such a lifestyle on everyone to be like well, you're not working hard enough. Well, that's your own fault for not pushing hard enough, you know.
1: Yeah. And. Anyways, that's a kind of side <laughs> detail. So, <laughs> yeah, liver chi liver overacting on the spleen is a common condition. And then I think we talked about the spleen-stomach disharmony a bit already. Um, and then another common one that we see is like cold in the middle jowl which also we kind of talked about a bit as well when the spleen is imbalanced out of kind of not doing its tt function and then that cold can accumulate in the middle jowl was there anything i guess that we missed that you wanted to mention about the syndromes Uh, or the roles of the organs
0: i think that's mostly we'll we'll go into a little bit more depth when we come back to sort of Treatment and how to sort of approach these kind of conditions mm. as well. If we need to yeah. clarify anything,
1: mm. yeah. So I I think we mentioned before, but acupuncture, herbal medicine, um, as well as kind of diet, lifestyle changes is really helpful to address this. And actually, I was going to mention this before, but there are so many people that I've met that don't know that bloating. Is abnormal or is like it shouldn't be a thing most of them have just felt this way their entire lives and they're like oh i, I asked oh do you have bloating and they're like oh yeah but that's normal but actually it's not normal it's not
0: no you shouldn't yeah. be having bloating after or before meals every single mm. time or you shouldn't feel like crap you know after eating mcdonald's or whatever yeah. all the time or eating any kind of foods that you're like, Ah, mm. oh, here comes the acid reflux again. It's like
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, should, yeah, you
0: should be having acid reflux all the time, mm. you know. Mm. Yes, that that sort of stuff. Where mm. oh, I wake up in the morning and the first thing I had to do is just like everything out my gut, like my whole everything. And I'm <laughs> like, cleans oh, your yeah, cleanse everything. I'm like, <laughs> it sounds pretty bad. Let's talk a bit more about that, and then yeah, yeah so it turns mm. out they have daybreak diarrhea. So, um, yeah.
1: <laughs> so what would you do for? I was going to say daybreak diarrhea, but I guess that isn't something that we,
0: yeah. Probably not in this today's mm. podcast, maybe in the following one, where are part two, where we go into a little bit more of what happens yeah. below the waistline. So,
1: yeah. So if we go with the three kind of syndromes that we talked about before, um, the first one being the spleen, stomach, disharmony, I guess, how would you go about treating that?
0: So the first things that I would typically look at is, is it excess or is it deficient or is it stagnation? You know, is it this person's eating too much food where the food is very deep fried, greasy, that sort of stuff where um, they don't have time to eat as well. So they're just eating, eating meals. Sometimes they have breakfast. Sometimes they don't have breakfast. Sometimes they have a big lunch, you know, that sort of stuff what I will typically see is obviously they have really poor spleen stomach kind of disharmony where mm. they get lots of bloating. They have pain as well, where um, they might have very like smelly breath or that sort of stuff where there's a lot of heat. There's a lot of dampness involved where I'd be like, okay, um, first things I would use to confirm that would be looking at the tongue. I think for digestion, tongue is, the e- it it is part. Of, the tongue is already part of the type, uh, digestive system, so mm. looking at the tongue is already a clear indication of what's happening in the digestive system. So, like, mm. I would typically expect to see like a swollen tongue, um, teeth marks maybe on the side, maybe a thick white or yellow coating, just mm. to be like, look, this is obviously mm. confirming what I've been suspecting. Mm. Um, yeah, that that would typically be a spleen deficiency or a spleen dampness type rather than more of like a liver stomach disharmony kind of time where you would, the first and foremost, you'd be looking at trying to restore the spleen's spleen's function of removing and clearing the dampness and regaining its ability to do its TT function. Mm. So that's probably what I would look at. So Mm -hmm. what about you? What would you do in terms of like a spleen deficient dampness kind of?
1: Yeah. I think similar, yeah, very similar as well. Um, And I think depends on their symptoms as well. So along with that tongue um, presentation, if there's, I think we mentioned this, symptom before but we didn't really talk much about it like the burping um i think the burping comes a lot from food stagnation when things aren't moving um then that kind of leads to wind Um, and so you want to get things moving as well as kind of um rebalancing like removing the excess and nourishing the deficiencies as well so yeah i think a big part of it is just like getting things moving as well
0: Uh, What would you recommend in terms of either herbal or acupuncture or both? Yeah, so normally I
1: treat with a combination of both acupuncture and herbal medicine. Um, So acupuncture, I do things like um, spleen, stomach, CV along the abdomen, but then I also focus on like sanjiao, um, large intestine as well. So sanjiao being that triple warm. Oh, we didn't talk about sanjiao. (laughs) not. Yeah. Um, being that triple warmer kind of governs the movement of the water and the fluids and everything as well. So I do treat with Sanjiao as well. Um, and then yes, yeah, spleen, um, spleen stomach on the legs as well, like stomach 40. Um, if there's kind of more excess stomach heat, then you can use like stomach 44 as well. Um, yeah, normally. Yes.
0: possibly nine if there's damp mm-hmm. pc6 i guess if you've got mm. really bad stomach sort of stuff as well
1: nausea vomiting nausea, yeah. vomiting
0: mm. yeah or maybe like cv points like cv12 i don't mm. know if you mentioned that already yeah. 25 it's like local stuff obviously will help in that area as well depending yeah. on where the problem is yeah. what is the problem
1: mm. uh, i guess I do that's local oh, yeah, and so. distal points though i think it's like, from the way I treat is local and distal. So I don't just do, like, say you've got digest- digestive issues. I wouldn't just treat on the abdomen. I think distal points are really helpful.
0: Definitely. Definitely. I think that's what kind of separates us in terms of, like, normal pain from dry needling and acupuncture is the fact that you look at everything else rather than just mm. being, yeah oh, it's all here. Let's just do points mm. here. So,
1: yeah. What about herbs-wise?
0: Uh, herbs-wise? <laughs> Do you use much
1: herbs in your practice?
0: Um, uh, not, not too much at mm-hmm. the moment. I think it's f- a little bit hard to sort of tell people, yeah, I take this because most of mine are just granules when it comes to like, my clinic. So I try and be like, here you go, here's some granules. And they're like, no, thank you. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. So typically what I would do for herbs, I guess, the first and foremost one I could probably think of is stuff like moving the spleen and the stomach digestion. So stuff like chun pi, uh, shanta is typically quite good for that sort of stuff as well if it needs to sort of dry dampness maybe you look at baiju fuling that sort of stuff with strengthening the spleen and clearing the dampness um, depends on sort of what they need the most maybe they need some yi ren some high dosage of yi ren to dry that phlegm and dampness rather than i don't know something like moving or clearing the damp- like shenling baiju san or something like that to clear the dampness
1: yeah, and then if there's a bit more kind of reflux uh, presentation, you can use things like um, banchao with the chin peat to kind of get things flowing down as well. Um, chaihu get the liver and everything moving. Um,
0: you can always slap yeah. in the shaoyao san or jia shaya san yeah. whenever mm-hmm. you sort of need to, you know. Yeah. It's- I think everyone can always use with that sort of stuff in this mm. current state, even just to move things and push things along. Yeah. When it comes, and to I those. guess
1: the main food stagnation formula is bao Ho one, um, which actually I kind of take on and off, like after my meals, anyways. Like if I think I have a heavier meal, I just take some bao He one, and it just helps a little bit as well because I think the patent. Um, medicine the dosage is not super high so it is something that you can take kind of on quite and off freely as well. yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: which is it's quite forgiving as well which is mm. nice to have something there as well yeah uh any sort of lifestyle advice that you would sort of give to people when it comes to digestion or that sort of stuff
1: hmm um, so we mentioned this before but having kind of warm or warmer cold property foods depending on what your digestion is doing um, also eating with the seasons and the environment if it's winter then try not to have too much of the cooling foods like watermelon and like ice even ice cream ice things cream. like that yeah. Um, yeah and when it is hot to kind of also balance it out so not just having like watermelon ice drinks like every day um, because even though the environment is hot like outside the digestion still kind of likes that warmth as well so I guess keeping everything in balance um, I guess finding a way to manage your stress or kind of a release for it whether it's exercise um, kind of brunch just gossiping with your friends things like that something like something that you enjoy and that kind of lets you relax and not kind of think about the million things that you have going on in your life.
0: Definitely. Um, just adding on top of that, what I would probably suggest as well, I think I mentioned this before as well, where um eating consistently is quite important, mm-hmm. eating appropriate meal sizes, so not overeating or not and over undereating. And Uh, what else was there there was i think that that was mostly it where you have Mm. and being sort of mindful of when you're eating so instead of like eating in front of the computer all the time or like just eating for the sake of eating maybe take the time to actually be mindful of what you're eating Mm. so you can taste it and you can actually digest it properly rather than just skipping that whole step and just like nutrient into my body you know that Mm. rather than just that sort of stuff
1: yeah and what goes with that is also chewing your food. If you have a lot of like burping and wind bloating as well, like chewing, taking longer to chew each bite of your food also helps to kind of slow down the, the influx of the food. Like, Yes. Does that, does that make sense? It, the, the speed of the food entering the stomach and it kind of makes it, I guess, a bit more digestible when your spleen and stomach is weaker
0: yes definitely i mean your that's what your teeth are for is pretty much that's meant to be the first part of digestion mm. is you're meant to yeah. use the saliva and use your teeth to actually mm. chomp it down first before mm-hmm. just instead of swallowing it whole and just throwing everything hey good luck stomach see ya, you know <laughs> yeah actually give your stomach a break by actually chewing your food properly and be mindful of what you're eating
1: yeah And actually, one more thing I want to mention is not to have dinner too close to bedtime to give your body enough time to kind of digest and then get the nutrients. Um, So even if it's just like a little bit of walking just around the house, like afterwards, not just kind of eating and then laying down or eating and then just like on the couch.
0: Yeah. Normally, if you're eating and then you find that, oh, I'm so tired, I just need to sleep straight after, Mm. usually that's a sign that you've probably eaten too much it's, it's so taxing on the spleen and stomach that it's like, well, everyone stop. We need to relax. And then <laughs> mm. that's normally like a food, that's what the food coma and all that sort of yeah. stuff is all about. as yeah.
1: well. So if you feel like that, just do like a loop of walking around your house, like fight the urge to lie down, just a little <laughs> bit of movement.
0: <laughs> yes. Just help everything going. And yeah. probably eat a lot less than you should probably. <laughs> yeah. If you're having food comas all the time, maybe consider something yeah
1: that's true I think we kind of bunched all the herbs and the acupuncture all into one but I guess at the beginning we were talking about that spleen stomach disharmony but for the other two syndromes like liver chi and cold is there any acupuncture or herbs or any recommendations that you would like say differently or recommend differently
0: Uh, I guess for acupuncture wise I would look more into Large intestine or small intestine line. I feel like LI4 is obviously a classic crowd mm-hmm. favorite, like LI11, LI10, mm-hmm. depending on what the sort of. I, I know a, a good point combination is LI10 and T5 is great for digestion issues. Mm-hmm. If you need to move things along, yeah. clear that exterior if everything's stuck in that mm-hmm. sort of Yangming sort of path, like patterns and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's mostly. Most of the ones I can think of. Stomach channel, obviously, stomach spleen mm. channel are the most obvious mm. ones as well. Look at the hersey points if you need a clear heat. Like mm. look at all the UN points if you need a tonify. That's mm. most of the things. Yeah. Anything you want to add as well?
1: I guess if it's more cold in the middle gel, I'd also add in a bit more kidney as well. Um kind of because kidney helps with that warming function so like more spleen young and kidney young a few points from there on top of the digestive ones we talked about as well so yeah I guess that's the only other change I might make but yeah herbs I guess there's so many herbs and it depends on the syndromes as well but I think the main ones we mentioned yeah for Other. the
0: liver, like shaya Chaihu, that yeah.
1: sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, was there, I guess, anything else that you wanted to mention? No. Nope. Okay. So, I guess the takeaway message is listen to your body and listen to your environments and climate as well. And that um, acupuncture and herbal medicine is really helpful. So, yep. you can give it a go.
0: <laughs> give it a go. It's all about yeah. harmony at the end of the day. That's, mm. that's a lot of what we're reading at the moment in the book. for Yes. It. Harmony. So, huh?
1: Yeah. So I guess that's another thing that today is not a book episode, but there is one coming. So, yeah, keep keep an eye out. And as always, thank you for listening to the Forever Young podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media. And we have been on the Forever Young podcast and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.